right, welcome back everybody to another episode of, which, which podcast is this, Pablo? Life is Raw. Life is Raw, from the multiple ones that you have. <laughs> uh, so today we're back here, um, excited for this one, because this one, this one's like happening as we're speaking. It's happening. It's happening. So, uh, like always, you, you got me, Gio. Chill. And then you got my co-host over here, Pablo, aka Daniel. And then we have a special guest. You want to introduce him, Pablo? Okay, we got Andres, uh, straight from Colombia. What's up, man? You're coming straight from Colombia right now, right? Hey. No, I think. Well, right now. Mm-hmm. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, right now I'm waiting for a humanitarian flight to go back. Uh, Pretty much, they, they 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 put you like in a little time of quarantine before testing you because you cannot have symptoms and all the stuff. So yeah. they have really strong rules for that. Right now, he's he's been trying to get back to Colombia. Well, I've been like talking to him, okay. uh, and right now he's quarantined. He's one of the few that are quarantined right now. <laughs> so you're like, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're really quarantined because you have to. Yeah, yeah, I, I, and and when I when I arrived there. I would be like 14 days or something like that. I have to be locked in a, in a, in a hotel room or in, a, in an apartment. It depends. So when you get there, you better. have to quarantine again? Yes. Oh, man. 14 days. And then how long, were and you, the police- how long have you been waiting just to get this flight? Because you try to get, you try to leave like a month ago, no? Yeah, I tried to leave like, like a month ago. Um, I was, I was working on all the, these crazy things started like getting worse and I was like, okay, I, I gotta go <laughs> because if this thing is real dangerous as it looks like, I don't want to be here. Mostly. I don't blame you, man. So I tried to leave, but, uh, they have so many, so li- uh, they just have a few spots on the plane. Yeah. So they put me on waiting list because, uh, I was living here like three years, okay. Uh, you know, studying and all the stuff. So they gave priority to the ones who came here by tourism, and oh, they just, okay, okay. you know, they had to go back. Yeah, that's crazy, man. But I mean, at least, at least you have the opportunity to go back right now. Yeah, and you're gonna go yeah. straight to your your families, right? Or are you gonna go and quarantine no, by no, yourself, no. or can you go quarantine with your family? No, I have to stay in another city. I have to arrive to Bogota, that is the capital of the country. That is like 16 hours driving from my house. Wow. So I will have to stay there 14 days. Uh, and then I will, ha- I will have the opportunity to uh, make some arrangement to see how I can get to my city. So wow. I found a guy that he can go and pick me up um, by the end of those 14 days. So wow. I hope like it works, you know. That's that's crazy, man. I mean, you would never expect that. This... I wish I wish we could have invited him for a COVID episode. I mean, we should have. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's it, I don't because <laughs> no, nobody sees what like this pandemic is actually doing to people. Like, I mean, that are not from this country yeah. that want to go home. Something so simple as you know taking a flight now, which I mean, taking a flight before wasn't that simple. You know, but now to go to another country, it it involves way more than it did before. 
I mean, there, I mean, there's always been those countries where you have to get, you know, certain uh, vaccinations to be able to go in, right? So yeah. I, I think that, sadly, that that's going to become, like, the reality for a lot of countries, you know, especially the ones that take it a, a bit too serious, you know, but... Sometimes you just gotta bite the bullet, right? Because you you got you gotta go where you gotta go. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. And like a in in a situation of a student like me, like you you cannot just afford to get sick in the U.S. Yeah, that and that thing take take us to another topic. I mean, that healthcare is very expensive. So yeah. I think I think Gio would love to talk about that topic. I but, can but, I can go into healthcare and everything for me, but we'll save it for another episode, bro. Let's uh, not get into it. Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll hit, I'll hit you up. Yeah. I'll hit you up on that one. All right. So basically, today's topic is basically what everybody's watching in news. There's been a lot of, I guess, mixed emotions and different opinions, and right now. What we're going to talk about in this episode is basically three different personal opinions. I mean, we're not, well, me, I'm going to speak for myself. I am not big on politics or big on, you know, like. I feel I mean, like, I feel like this subject is, isn't just politics in and it of itself because, I mean, you can politicize people's life, but when it comes to saying, because the whole movement, the whole BLM movement, it focuses really much on 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 the on the black community, right? Yeah. But like, if you, it's a, it's sort of like what I was talking to you um a couple of days ago. It's like, it's exactly like every other movement, every other protest, every every other thing. It has a beginning, and right now we don't. Right now, there's a lot of mis misinformation and everything, but right now we don't have an end. Eventually, I hope that that end goal is, you know, it gets cleared up for some people. And I hope that we continue on forward. You know, um, I think that's that's the most important thing about this. Exactly like, you know, people protest in other countries for X, Y reason. You know, that's it's but, it, you know, well, that's what we're here to talk yeah. about. it. Yeah, that's that's what we're here for today. But yeah, man, um, you know. To, to clarify the topic, it's basically the Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we we want to talk about, you know, what 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 does that movement mean to us? Uh, what does that movement mean to someone, you know, like uh, someone that's not from, from the United States? Like, how can they talk about that in their in their perspective way, you know? Um, police brutality, I think that's that takes a huge part into it because... I feel like well let, let's dive into Black Lives Movement yeah uh, right off the top so for for you Pablo what does that mean what is it, when you hear the term Black Lives Matter what does that mean me being born well not being born <laughs> being raised uh, in Dallas I grew up with a lot of you know I grew up in the hood so I grew up with like having a lot of friends that were black and and you well. To me, I mean, we're both similar, but we're so like so different, bro. And knowing where they come, like where their history comes from, like mm-hmm. history. I mean, to begin with a long history of, let's say, well, it's not something that I mean people like talk about, but slavery, like, like long history of that, and then now, 
uh, early in the nineties or throughout the whole freaking history, as long as I could remember, like just them being, I guess, uh, stereotyped, you know, for certain reasons. And it's crazy that till today, when we're so diverse and in cultures and we're so open to, you know, like, and there's no need for any, like nobody to be put down or, you know, like, or disrespected in any way, but yet we still do it. No. Yeah. I feel like, um, I don't know if I'm speaking for myself, but definitely in the Hispanic community, we have, um, well, me growing up, this is my experience. We've sort of, I don't want to say look down on the black community a little bit, but I, again, I'm not trying to, you know, stir up any, any like, you know, bad things, but, um, the Hispanic community and the black community in, in the areas that I grew up, uh, when I was little in California and Los Angeles and then living here, like it's never been really like, uh, we're buddies, you know, I've had, uh, black friends, and, you know, growing up, I've had multiple black friends and, and, I've, and I've learned off of them, you know, a lot. Um, but definitely when you when you talk to an older generation of Hispanics, they have a, a weird um, a weird look towards uh, black people, yeah. you know. And yeah. when when I feel like I, I explain to my mom what the Black Lives Matter movement is, she understands it. You know, but they're still kind of like that. For her, they're still kind of a, 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 a mistrust or something. Yeah, a distrust. Uh, and and it, it, for the, from from us, uh, I think it's something that um, we have to like have to find a way to reconciliate with the black community somehow and learn how to build trust again. And I think uh, by us learning what the Black Lives Matter movement and and diving in and and talking to people that are part of this i think it's very important you know yeah uh for me one of the things that i've been doing is i've, I've been trying to consume as much as information as I, I can about this because i feel like if someone that doesn't really know about it i want to give them the best inf information that i can you know otherwise yeah. otherwise i feel like i'm doing a, a disservice to the whole thing you know mm -hmm. I think that's something that Latinos, we, we forget when we arrive to countries like the United States is that we are, we are mestizos, bro. Like, we're the mixture of Spanish, indigenous people, and blacks, you know? And also, well, it depends on the part of Latin America that you're from and all that stuff. But at least the, the part of Colombia that I'm from, uh, everybody, everybody has... And a member of their family that is black. Mm -hmm. Everybody has, uh, my grandfather, he was black, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and his mom was, <laughs> his mom was a uh, YU. Then there's a na native, uh, tribe mm -hmm. of Colombia. Mm -hmm. So, so sometimes when, when, when people, they immigrate to countries like, like here, we start forgetting those things. We start forgetting our roots as Latinos because we are mixed. You know, we, we didn't came like by chance, you know, we are, we're the mixture. That's why we have the SDL la Raza, you know? That's yeah. not true. I that's mean, that's why we have, you just, you just brought up something that I, I, 
I haven't really thought of of how diverse the Hispanic culture is. Yeah. I mean, when you, one thing that um, I like to like study a little bit of music, when you look into like even like Mexican culture, Mexican music, because black, black music, black rhythms have infiltrated a lot of, um, a lot of the whole Latin America and everything, right? Mm -hmm. Culture wise, if you look below Mexico, I would say, you know, black influence in music, it's everywhere, you know, everywhere, everywhere. And, you know, I haven't really thought about that lately because like in Mexico, like a lot of Mexicans like to think that they're just Mexican. Yeah. But when you look into like certain regions in Mexico, you have such a like crazy diversity of like groups of people in there. Like if you look into Northern Mexico, you have a lot of like uh, German influences in there. If you look into like, I forgot what parts in Mexico you have a lot of, um, like Lebanese, like yeah. Middle Eastern people that they have really, Lebanese tacos in some area. I, yeah. I forgot what it's called, but I, I, I saw it on, like, uh, I on feel, YouTube. I feel like it, even, even, you know, talking into the black, uh, black lives matter thing, like it's important for us as Hispanics to also know our heritage and know, and know our value like that, you know, cause then it gives us a better understanding of like where black people are going because the same way that uh, black people have been oppressed for like a long time, us as Hispanics, we've been, you know, as Latinos, as, um, as natives to this land more yeah. than any other people, you know, like we've been through a lot of oppression also. And, and that's not to discredit uh, the black lives matter movement, you know, but yeah, like that's a, that's a good thought. Uh, that's a good, uh, note that you touched there because i haven't really thought about that that yeah. much i never saw it that way <clears throat> no. yeah uh, actually actually like well first of all before before when i came here to us it was uh you know it was just the election of uh donald trump and all stuff and there was i mean i went to a school i won't i won't say the name but i went to a very conservative school very republican and stuff and you can feel you could feel like certain environment when you were in classes. Um, and I saw many like international students also like start losing their thoughts about their heritage and about uh, the rights of people of these movements to, you know, manifest themselves. Yeah. Uh, how's the word? And I start thinking bad about it. Uh, and I think it's, it's related with the fact that I don't know why, like, the Latino, when when, when we arrive here, we start forgetting, uh, we start, like, adapting uh, the same this way. Like, we start adapting what, 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 what it was taught to us, you know, in, in the setting that we arrived. We start uh, getting to the Anglo culture a lot. Um, yeah, I, I didn't uh, want to say that. You said it. No, dude, it, it's fine. Like you can, you can. I, 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 como dicen, no tengo pelos en la lengua. Like I'll, I'll just say it straight out. You know, like for me, I noticed that in the church. Um, True. Um, and I, I kind of, I kind of said that a little while ago in uh, my, my Instagram stories. I've been really <laughs> going at it in my Instagram stories. I've been ruthless. Um, well, at least I think I've been ruthless, but, um, 
I said it, you know, like a lot of the, the material that a lot of, uh, churches are using right now come from a, a white, uh, culture of the church. And I, I asked a question, you know, I asked a question like the last book that you read, the last song that you heard, where was it from? Who wrote it? Was it a white congregation? And we don't think about those things. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't listen to those things, but it, it, it it's, it's kind of hard that, you know, we don't have a lot of like diversity in mainstream church, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, um, for me, if the church were to change that, that, that would reflect so much and they would understand what the Black Lives Matter movement means a little bit more. And, you know, what's your, what, what do you think about that? I haven't really got any opinions on people and on that type of thought that I've had. Well, I don't know. Um, uh, I do see where you're going because I feel like that is something that we all think. Um, because all the Hispanic churches look up to the the Anglo churches and yeah. and so forth. And me, I grew up. Uh, yeah, my my parents talking about what was that one? What was that one uh, conference? Big uh, American like uh, Anglo conference. I can I know nothing about it. <laughs> but I mean, almost everything like it was that. If it wasn't Marcos Guido or like convention or conference or Marco Valentos like no yeah it was uh Benny Hinn or mm-hmm. you know like those traditional oh, yeah. traditional uh American so pretty much the moment that we up to well, the moment I've been here since I was six years old and the way that I learned how to speak English was basically watching English Benny Hinn no, <laughs> I, I wish I would <laughs> I would have been a lot wiser in, in like theology and stuff like that. But, uh, or, you know, stuff, Bible stuff, but not like American movies. Like, so the moment that we come from our countries, the moment that we turn on the TV, go to the store, you know, like everything that we see is what, what they want to have here. The lifestyle. The, and True. I don't want to say it's brainwashed brainwashing ish i mean but it, it, it's, i just sort of is and and i feel like that's normal I, I feel like that's the way it should be which is not good but when you go let's say you go to mexico dude you're not gonna go to mexico and eat hot dogs and hamburgers and you know or or i, I mean you can <laughs> you can they have it there but i mean you go to mexico you go yeah. and you eat tacos you eat like mexican authentic mexican food Listen to Mexican music. I mean, the where you go, that's what you will experience, and that's what we're here. We're here. Uh, unfortunately, we. I mean, not unfortunately. I mean, we decided to come here and we stayed here and we made this our home. Well, I, my family made this our home, and yeah. that's just what it is here. But we are, you know, we are a part of it. Like you know, like us as Hispanics, we're a part of it. Uh, Black people created to me. Black people created this country on their on their backs, literally. Yeah. So going back, to, yeah. Go ahead. No, go ahead. What you say? 
Well, to me, what I was going to say mean, is like, uh, and that's where the Black Lives Matter movement is. Why it's so important to what's going on right now. And it's not something that we should, uh, well, that at first, because I'm not, I'm not black, obviously, uh, I didn't think much of it, but the more I think and the more I socialize with my friends and think about my friends' families, then I'm like, dude, this needs to happen because it, and, and it's never going to be, it's going to take a long time for it to be a hundred percent like fixed and right by them. And what's going on right now, I just feel like it's a long time coming. And we just have to support, you know, the people that have been hurt and that have been, you know, used and not being appreciated. No, yeah. Um, I, I think I think it's also part of our responsibility as uh, first as Christians. Yeah, because if we believe that we are Christians, we have to support the ones who were persecuted and the ones who have been suffering. You know, yeah. Jesus used to uh, hang out with uh, with the undesirables. You know, so why, like, why we have to pretend that everything is alright and pretend that this problem of uh, discrimination is not happening, you know? Yeah. I mean, when I, when I, when I see, I mean, rest in the, in these couple of days, I've seen, you know, uh, church leaders, even pastors, man, like saying that no black lives matter. It's not like that. All lives matter. And like trying to discredit the movement. Yeah. Remember, I think, I think, I think they're behaving like douchebags sometimes. I, 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 I see. I understand what you're saying, and at first, I like I didn't understand it as well. But the more I, the more I try to feel their pain, the more I, I just never, I will never feel the pain. But the more I try to understand their pain, the more I was like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, like is black lives matter? Like all lives, like all lives matter right now is is dumb. Like to be honest, people shouldn't even be using that. Or thinking that right now, it's not about it's not about me. It's a bigger purpose, right now. Yeah, it's, it's it's to bring bring back some like dignity, man. Yeah, yeah. I I, I feel like um, especially when it's coming from the church. Um, when this whole thing started, I kind of I kind of went went a little tangent on on my Instagram stories, where where um. I knew a lot of people in the congregation where I was at that looked down on the Black Lives Matter movement when um, Kaepernick started kneeling. You know, they 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 really went at him and kept on saying, "Play the game, play the game. You're you're played to play the game. Don't politicize this. Play the game. You're disrespecting the flag. Play the game." You know, and I used to hate that so much, you know, it's like he he's trying to do he's trying to protest in the way where it's not being disrespectful. I never saw it as, as a disrespect towards anybody. 
he wasn't hurting anybody. Yeah, exactly. And for for me, when when uh, I kept hearing a lot of people saying, you know, that that's not protesting, I'm like, then the, the point the point to me how to protest, you know, if if um what 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 do you desire to see to make you understand? And even till now, I feel like a lot of churches don't understand it. And they feel like they need to say something because it feels like a right opportunity to, and again, to, I don't want to sound like I'm, 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 I'm anti-Christian or whatever, but like, they feel like it's a need to evangelize. Uh-huh. And for me, for me at this moment, uh, I had like a shower thought. I was literally in the shower thinking about this for me in this, at this moment, you don't need to evangelize to these people. What you need to do is move like God. Yeah. That's yep. literally how I had the idea. If you want to reach to these people, move like God. God is not going to go up to them and tell them, believe in me. God is going to walk with them. All they're, When you look at the protesters protesting and what they're asking, the police is, just walk with us. Take a knee with us. Walk with us. Listen to us. I feel like the church, uh, you know, they need to do that. They need to stop. They need to stop being in those four walls and walk with these people and not be afraid of them. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's another thing. Like we're, af- we're afraid. It feels, uh, it feels like, it feels like, uh, this is the best way that I can explain it right now, but it feels like we're going to a zoo and we look at an animal and it's caged. And because it's caged, we're like, okay, you know, it's, it's, it's there. And that's the same thing with the church. The church is looking at, at what um you know the black lives matter movement from a distance and they're like oh okay they're doing their thing that's nice but they're afraid to go up to them and like you know not tame them but like be part with them Uh. and for me that's sad this for me this is a moment of uh reconciliation Uh. you know Mm -hmm. to say hey we messed up we could have done something we could have walked with you we could have been there years ago but yet we judged you you know and i feel like for me it, you know i haven't really said that to anybody but for me it has to start re- with a reconciliation of ourselves and understanding like who we are in in in, in god you know because uh if you can't if you can't see that god is in your black brothers or sisters then you can't see god in you you know, and that I feel like a lot of people are, are lacking that, you know, because when you can to have when you can have empathy, you know, for someone losing their life, you know, after being basically slammed to the floor for nine minutes uh-huh. and you lose the empathy of not seeing not seeing someone that's black, but not but uh, seeing a life being take away and only because they're black it makes you say oh then what did they do to deserve that like you've lost empathy you lost the ability to see god in that person you know so for yeah. me like it, it, the church has to take a deep look into itself and and really reflect on on what they're allowing people to to be okay with yeah not and not to bash on 
a lot of uh, a lot of people right now, or like Christians, but a lot of um, I seen a lot of posts uh, on uh, Instagram saying that um, we need a we need to get Trump out of office, or you know, like, or we need a new leader in 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 government, and that's not what we need. What we need is for us to start being like real Christians, like for us to start being leaders in our home, for us to start being leaders in our circle, in our, you know, in our, in our schools, in our job sites and uh, everywhere we go. And, and if we see people being injustice, you know, uh, stand up for justice and speak out and don't just watch, you know, something going down and, you don't agree with it, but you don't do anything about it. And I and I guess that's what the Black Lives Matter movement is trying to get to is it's the ability of showing people not being okay, not to be okay when something's not okay. You know, um, I feel like a lot of people, especially when you're like on social media, you're watching social media, you're watching uh, the news, watching all these things, you get desensitized to a lot of these things and you're like oh well that's life you know for me it's gotten to the point where saying well that's life it's starting to get desensitized now and we're starting to open up our eyes being like no wait that's not life my life doesn't look like that you know my life doesn't look like a like my you know black brother or sister you know, I don't, yeah, I do get scared when I get pulled over by a cop, but I'm not fearing, fearing for my life. Like the worst thing that can happen to me if I get pulled over is I'll probably just get arrested. They'll probably, you know, ask, like be a little bit discriminating and ask me if I, if I'm legal here or stuff like that, yeah. but I don't have to worry about getting shot or, That's you true. know, you know. And, uh, you know, when, when you said uh, about what it was happening with this guy, uh, the football player, you know, the, the history repeats itself. Um, in the 60s, there, there was, um, it was very popular. Even, even overseas, it's like when, peop- when, you know, all these topics is being, is being brought up, they, they, they called this situation uh, in the Olympics of the '68. I guess I don't know. Yeah. Uh, when when these two black athletes they just raised their hands and the Black Power movement. Yeah, and they, and they, basically their careers as athletes it was destroyed in that moment. No, yeah, I mean it's the same thing that happened with Kaepernick. Yeah. After Kaepernick did what he did, I mean, nobody else wanted to work with him. And it sucks. That's so dumb. I mean, for the reason that is so dumb that the NFL or, you know, owners would condone something like that for somebody to stand up for themselves and for other people. I mean, when that for me, I've never really been a big fan of uh, of uh, football, right? But for me, when I see stuff like that, when I see an organization kind of turn its back on, on someone just trying to put 
light onto something, it kind of like turned me off to football even more. You know, like I've always heard of like football players being abusive to their wives and, you know, people that they're dating or being having like a crazy lifestyle and then the NFL being okay with it, you know. But when something as something something that wasn't harming anybody that wasn't hurting anyone and that was bringing light to a situation they got really defensive about and they got really you know it stirred up a lot of emotions in like the football owner the football team owners the 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 league itself i was like man like why can't you get mad at these other things that are are not right you know like there's been videos of like football players literally beating up their wives or girlfriends in an elevator and they just basically gave them a slap and arrest and told them huh okay you'll get fined right but Kaepernick just taking a knee they like ruined his whole career no even now even after all this even after you know it's it's been full circle of him taking a knee I still don't think people are gonna you know want him anywhere that's kind of sad i don't know that, that that's my opinion you're you're more into the actual um no league. well yeah i mean i saw that and i saw that he even lost a lot of his endorsements like uh the, the commercials that he used to have the that like the companies like i think he had an endorsement with nike or uh some type of athletic wear and they all started dropping him because of that that's all right so that's like not just the nfl but like completely all america that's that's crazy. And this, this, this sends me to, to think that our rights movement like, like this one, it got so, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest. I have no idea how this movement uh, just appeared. Uh, I know that one of the, of the uh, founders has a uh, Hispanic last name. Last name, I think it's Alicia Garza or something like that. Uh, but if if this if this was a way to protest and and call attention, and it was disapproved, like what about now? The people is in the streets protesting, you know. That people, some people is rioting, some people. I mean, I disagree with looting, but. Yeah. I I want to say that looting is necessary. I, I I don't agree with it. If I was a business owner, I would be upset. But I feel like that that's I mean, when you're trying to win a fight, you have to break some some dishes. And sad <laughs> sadly, um, you know, like I was I mean, this is gonna sound really corny and I said it to somebody that, that me and them were having a conversation about why the looting and I was like they try to do this peacefully for years. And many years. A match being struck to light a small fire, you know, like that that's 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 them given the chance. So, you know, put it out, you know, like you see the fire, put it out, but they didn't listen to it. So now they have to deal with the whole building burning. I mean, people tried doing this peacefully for years. And now, I mean, we just have to, I mean, they just have to deal with the consequences. This is, 
this is to me. I don't look for like I don't want people that send me like Instagram messages talking about I am a looter or like I I support looting. Like it's not it's not right, but it's a part of the process. Um, I I I agree with you in a couple of things. Um, I think I've told you this before. I would sort of consider myself an anarchist in a way. Um, mostly because I, I understand what the meaning behind what a, uh, what an anarchist movement is. It's basically to destabilize the central government that exists when it starts, um, oppressing, uh, the population to do its will. Right. So for me, I'm in favor of destroying the government. And when you have a group of people that have been oppressed for over 400 years, when they've protested quietly, when they've said, yes, sir, when they've, um, you know, lost so many people to this cause, it, it gets to a point where you can't just, there's a, there, there's a thing that I posted on, on Instagram multiple times you can't, you know, passively be okay. And you can't take part of it anymore. I think the, the video says like, you have to put your bodies upon the gear, upon the levers and all the apparatus to make it stop. And sometimes rioting and looting causes that stop. For some people, it, it works for some people. It, it, it takes them out of that mindset of that they have. And then they make, it makes them realize of what's going on. Right. You know, but for me, it's not necessarily when you start doing it to businesses that are part of your community like that. For me, it's where you start being destructive. But when if but when it's for when it you're when you're doing it to locations that, you know, they're going to be OK and you know that they're really not being part of the the the, the solution. Mm-hmm. I'm not, in my opinion, go ahead, knock yourself out, you know. If you're going to destroy a cop car, do it. If you're going to destroy a, ca- a trash can, do it. But just don't destroy things that are valuable for your community. You know, businesses that people have worked their, their asses off, don't destroy those. Because those are the ones that are, those are the ones that are taking your community to a higher elevation. You know? I feel like whenever this all started, there should have been like a, it could have been a little bit, I guess, uh, organized in a way where, where small business owners and minority owners and, you know, like people that support the movement where the mark there, this is, it's not like, doesn't, um, but you know how, like whenever back in the day, like in the Bible stories, like they marked their doors so that the, the, yeah. the plague will, will come and it would, it would leave them alone. Well, uh, the, the Passover. Yeah. So that's, that's how I think they should have done it where, you know, like no, yeah. if you if you support, if your business supports the movement, make it be known. Yeah. And, and there's, there's going to be people that are going to take advantage of, of that type of strategy. Yeah. But if you're, if you're part of the community and you're, and you're protesting in that community and you know, those people, then, you know, you won't be able to like get away with something like that, you know? 
because there's definitely going to be people that are that are just going to try to protect their businesses yeah you know but like if you know the community really well which you know then you can go to the dude that's like breaking that store down and be like nah you're messing up which you have seen lately in the protests you know like you'll get that group of people like protesting uh protecting uh those locations and i'm like that that that's what you should be doing but to another point that you made like i feel like there isn't a leadership in the movement right now i feel like because everything happened so quick yeah that everybody just said put your boots on let's go that there hasn't really been that leadership and they're starting they're starting to right now you know and i hope people like grab onto that and keep going with it and it doesn't burn out you know because yeah I'm sort of, I'm sort of tired of seeing people protest, you know, and they, they protest without a, a, a set goal, you know, and a protest without a set goal, without knowing what, what your main goal is, it it leads you nowhere. And you, we've started seeing that recently in these past few days, there's been less like rioting and there's been less like craziness, but like when this whole thing first started, it was just crazy. It was pure craziness. Dallas has a... Uh, oh, go ahead. I, I think that, I mean, these things, they, they take time. I mean, something that uh, people got to get used to is that these type of movements of people that they just start about something, it will go through many phases, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, truly, I mean, besides like rioting and and all that stuff the the u s needs more like a like a social transformation the same that way a cultural transformation rather than uh you know people just rioting because they want to you know mm-hmm. so and in a society that everything is so people is so used to that everything is is just what it is you know like like here i mean things don't really change too much. I mean, people is every, everybody here is fine, you know. Everything here, and in obviously with all the bad situations that could happen to somebody, but people is in a comfort zone, yeah. you know. The, the U.S. is comfort yeah. for many people, and uh, if you compare like a process of protesting with uh, with other countries. Obviously, they have a different culture, different people, but they take more time and people really get out of their comfort zone to make a change, you know? You know you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. 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 And, yeah, and... And, and, and these this kind of things, I, I don't know if, if something's going to really happen out of this, but what is more possible is that Everything is going to calm down. Maybe one of two protesters, protesters somewhere, you know, in some cities. But everything go, will go back to normal and people will just forget about this, you know. And I feel like that's the thing that we should not let happen. Like to no. me, to me, uh, with the riot, with the protesting, leading to rioting, to looting, I think is necessary altogether. Because I, 
you're, you're making it aware to the people that care and the people that support it. You're making it aware to the people that don't know about it, that don't, that don't, mm. might not, it might not hit home for them, but by them seeing the, 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 you know, like the, the, the breaking of buildings, of businesses, of arguing with police officers, of fighting with police officers, of bigger, big fights that are going down and fires and the looting. I think that lets the bis- the business owner will never forget that. Trust me. And the way I, the way I see it, if I was a business owner, it would suck. But my business, I could probably, I, I could restart it. I could get an insurance check or I could work hard and get it back up again. But the people that have lost family members for this reason will never get their family member back. No, yeah. Um, I forgot who, who said this. Like, um, I think it was, it was like, um, I think it was Tupac. When he, he he was talking about the lifespan of a black man, how a black man has a, a short lifespan or, or a, a short youth where he doesn't really get to be a kid. He has to become a man like right off the bat and right off the get go. Like they, you know, he, he never gets that ability to learn how to ration with with uh, with uh, things that happen around him. He just gets taught to act, you know, and and that's because of the environment that they've grown up in, you know, like they've seen police brutality around them constantly, you know, like their neighborhoods are are always under watch. Their their communities are always looked down upon. They're never giving the given the opportunity of like invest into those communities and see them grow. Because when you think about the hood, you think about the hood, you know, and 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 I feel like it's like that a lot in in, in other countries. I don't know how 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 you know in Colombia how things are like that. I'm pretty sure you have those places where you you know you hear the name of of that city and you're like, yeah, that's the hood. Like, do you have that type of uh, situation? Uh, man, we do actually. Uh, my dad he came up from the food in my my country. He was from a place called uh, La Cuchilla de Villate, bro. Can you imagine a, a <laughs> <laughs> That's the name of that's the name of the yeah. town? La Cuchilla? Yeah. La Cuchilla de Villate, bro. That uh, sounds that sounds hood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds hood, you know? Yeah. Uh, how would we translate it to English? Like the knife, the blade of yeah. the Villa or something like that? I yeah, don't know. Yeah. But like, man, let's, it's, it's just a different setting and you, you, you get to see a lot of hard stuff, you know? Um, let's be honest, my, most of my life I've been privileged a lot, uh, but I have friends that they, they are from, from, from the hood, let's say in that way. I have friends that they have they had to leave everything in their hometowns because of war mm. and they have to flee to somewhere else. And 
and and and then moved to my city and eventually we became friends you know uh there's a lot there's a there's it's a complicated story but you you get to see that the human being they will always try to find a reason to feel superior to others yeah and those 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 needed communities they they get left behind one day uh, by accident uh, uh, i end up in the i was driving i end up in the in, in my dad's original neighborhood man the street it was like you you know the streets are straight most of the time you know yeah you could see like one part of the street here and another one like a couple meters on the other side and then a lot of like dirt so there was some movement in the, in the in the ground or something like that and but then like you drive like 10 minutes and you can find buildings of that they have uh, condos of a million dollars so yeah so it's a huge change and it's something that happens in many places of the world and and it's completely sad and I think our, our, our mission is, I think every human being, they, they should be more sensitive to the needs of others in that way. And we are three Latinos here. And whatever you came from, from whatever part of Latin America, you will have a place uglier than neighborhoods here. Mm-hmm. So you cannot you you cannot come here and then pretend that it's not real what they are going through the black people because you if you look back you will have something like that back home and you will have to be and and probably you're sensitive with that people and but you cannot be insensitive with the people right here because they're asking human beings you know yeah yeah and um and um, for some reason in those communities. And you get to see this anywhere in the world. Police brutality is really bad with those people, or or the or the the the, the protection services, if you want to call them, that. like they're really like they don't they don't lend themselves to the term that they use a lot: serve and protect. Yeah, you know the the first thing that <laughs> the first thing that a friend told me when I came here was that Andres, if you get stopped by police, tell in everything that you're going to do. If you're going to move to the left to grab your driver's license, tell him that you're going to move to the left. Uh, police brutality in, in the U.S. is pretty famous around yeah. the world. I mean, you you have the most famous, besides the one right now, but you have the most famous case, which is Rodney King. I mean, back in 1991, literally a, a month after I was born, this man got got beaten, beaten to to a pulp. Um, if it's cool with you guys, I kind of want to share something, you know, because it definitely ties into the riots and and everything, and you know the the destruction of everything, and and that's why I feel like um, that's why I said when it's part of the community, it's part of the community, and you should leave it alone. Um, I grew up in, I, I was born in Los Angeles. My mom, she lived there for. I'm going to say five years before she got pregnant with me. And in that short period of time, she was able to uh, start her own little, um, little store. She used to sell clothes off of there. And, um, 
when I saw all the rioting, it, it reminded me of my mom, you know, and it reminded me, it, it kind of gave me a, a new perspective on the people that own those, those stores. I was like, that's her livelihood, you know, and I'm pretty sure, you know, like when we come, uh, us as Hispanics, when we come out of those places, when we come out of those barrios, those, those neighborhoods, those whatever it is from our countries, you know, that we've seen that, that police brutality, we've seen that, that, um, that, that ability of not being able to progress. And when we come here and we get that ability to like start our own thing, you know, my mommy, she, she would tell me like, I was proud of my little store, you know? And then the, the riots happened in Los Angeles. They happened like a year after Rodney King's, uh, a beating when they acquitted the officers, you know, and they basically, they burned down my mom's shop. She, she lost everything. And, and back in those days, uh, they didn't ask you to get million dollar insurance like they do now, you know, that way if anything happens, you know, you're protected back then you would just pay your rent for your own little space. And that was it. If you got robbed, if you got broken into, they didn't care. You weren't covered, you know? And, um, a couple of days ago, I, I recorded a small little conversation with her and I kind of want to share that with you guys. Um, cause I feel, I feel for me, it, it shows where I come from in a little bit. So yeah, there's a little small little uh, conversation in the front, but here we go. ¿Cuánto tiempo usted tuvo, tuvo la tienda ya en los años? Cinco años. Cinco años. Oh, wow. ¿Qué año fue que la quemaron? Cuando vos acababas de nacer. Fue en el 91 o el 92. Ya. Tenías como tres meses vos. ¿Apenas? Sí. Estabas tiernito. Y tenía que pedir, ir a pedir comida. Y nos daban una comida podrida. Y yo lo más lo hacía por la que me dieran la leche y los pampes. Porque no teníamos trabajo. Éramos sin trabajo. Pues yo estaba en la tienda. ¿ves? A mí igual no tenía nada. Y no teníamos dinero. Todo un día antes había pagado la renta. No teníamos dinero. ¿Y a dónde estaba la tienda? Atendida? Ahí en la Pico y la Albará. Pico y Albará. En la mera esquina, ahí estaba el sol. Yeah. Ahí estaba. ¿Y, ahí? ¿Y eso fue durante lo, lo de... De Ronnie King. Que lo golpearon, ¿eh? De verdad, si sí, el hombre lo dejaron monstruo, lo dejaron... No sé si ya el hombre caminará, o estará vivo, se murió. So, for me, that, that whole thing, it's pretty real to my mom because those type of events really did affect my life and her life it basically set the president for me uh to basically live here in dallas you know because uh, a couple of years later my mom still wasn't in a in a good place financially from all that you know and we don't really think when you know when those riots start happening about like what they cause to like families and stuff. So for me, like it, it, when you start thinking about everything, when you start summing it all up, when we, when we hear people say black lives matter, it's because they are saying all lives matter. Right. 
And because all lives matter, we have to put the Black Lives Movement up front. Because they're going to serve a purpose to, like, everyone, you know? And it sucks when you see that police brutality that happens to them. It sucks when it's happened for a lot of years, you know, and we still haven't been able to do anything about it. And I think it, it, it's not just a, an issue here in, 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 in America. It's an issue everywhere. Like police have been given this ability to feel like they're above everybody when it comes to any type of situation, you know? Um, I, I read a story from a friend who his first experience with a police officer was his dad getting pulled over in Mexico and the police officer asking him or his dad basically bribing the police officer to basically let him go free, you know? And it's kind of sad that a lot of people have had that type of experiences with the cops and and for me that that sucks and that's horrible um a lot of the training that police officers have been getting here in the United States it's it's really horrible you know a lot of the training basically is is teaching them shoot before you get killed instead of learning how to deescalate the the problem in a situation you know i i heard someone say that a cop only needs three hours of de-escalation training every three years. It's like, that's crazy. I'm an electrician. I have to take a test to renew my license every year. And in that, and in that little course, it gives me safety. It gives me new, um, new laws and new regulations to do my job as an electrician. Why shouldn't a cop be, you know, teached on how to, you know, de-escalate a situation. You know, why, why, why does he only take three hours every three years? Like some, some things don't make sense when it comes to how we, we, um, teach our police officers. I feel like it's, it's time to also for police officers to not be afraid to point out the bad guys anymore because that's giving them all a bad reputation you know i saw a a post on on the internet like because if there's one bad cop in your whole thing all of you are bad cops because you're not speaking out on him you know and i feel that that's not just something that affects us as americans it affects everybody around the world Cause you see it everywhere. There's so much corruption everywhere, but some people are way too afraid to like even speak out about it. And for me, we got to give voices to those people also. Do you think that, uh, that fact of, let's say in this way, um, is very well, I'm trying to be as polite as I can. You know, you don't, you don't need to be, believe me. (laughs) <laughs> but do you think that Americans they're easy trigger? Yes. I think um especially um we live in a culture where 
uh, a lot of people want to feel like they did something. And I feel that a lot of cops are in that environment where the opportunity of action happens. They want to be there. Um, I feel like a lot of, uh, a lot of cops are trigger happy. They, 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 a lot of them want to see that action, that movie style action, which is sad. Okay. I think that there you have your answer. Uh, it's really easy. I mean, I think that all that situation of like, okay, if, if I see a problem, I would just shoot. I think it's very, it's very into the culture, honestly. Um, uh, I have heard many horror stories. Uh, actually, a, f- a friend of, of my dad, he lost a son that was studying here. He was skating somewhere in Florida, and the guy he just got shot because the police saw him doing something suspicious. So, and I think uh, was- that's—I mean—that's just the nature of America now, or it has been for a while, where we're really violent people. <laughs> we really are. Like, um, I want to say, police brutality is not. Uh, well, right now, uh, it has been targeted towards African Americans, but I want to say police brutality has been everywhere for a long time. And I just, I don't know if it's the power or the nature of, you know, being, I guess, carrying a weapon or the lifestyle, um, but this, it's crazy, man. Like me, I well, I'm I don't fear getting shot by a cop because I don't I don't do I haven't I mean I normally like I don't have a record or anything like there's no need for them to do that. And I have a lot of cop friends, which is weird. Like I have cop friends that they some of them would tell me like, no, we really can't can't like use our gun until we fear. Uh, like, uh, we fear for our lives. Like, they're not supposed to bring out their gun. Like, that's last, like, last resort. That's last the, resort. That's the last resource that they have. But lately, like, with stuff, stories like this, where they just come in shooting or abusing the situation, and people that are already, well, with this case, there was no need. For what they did. There was no need for. for He was already in handcuffs. He was already inside the car. They took him out. And then they did what they did. There was no need for that. It's unnecessary force. Like. is I think with police officers nowadays. I think they need to go through like. Psychological. Uh, examination. Yearly. Because I mean, we also have to try to understand the things that they go through. I mean, they um, mm-hmm. they're they're in charge of they're supposed to be in charge of keeping the peace and keeping us safe from each other. Because I mean, that that's their job to make sure that we don't kill ourselves, that we don't vandalize or steal from you know somebody else. But they're lately they're just they're they're just abusing for no reason 
but you, you know this this guy according to what uh what i saw in the news he had he has a, a past he has a history of uh a high school in english yeah so i know, I know bad behavior with the with the with yeah. the people yeah i think yeah. he shot people before so apparently like 13 the, like 13 complaints the, i think i heard he had the the guy that was on top of him pressing his knee on him he had 18 complaints 18 complaints dang uh the officer the asian officer that was standing there he actually shot at people dang. he was actually someone that had shot at people i really don't know the other information of the other two which also recently they, they just uh all four of them are are arrested uh that just happened i think like six hours ago uh, which is good news uh, but <laughs> going back to the to the to you know like there, there there's a lack of of policing the police yeah like um there's no one looking at them and actually like saying this is not okay this is okay you know like a lot of them get away with a lot even now with the protest like a lot of police officers have been turning off their body cams which in my opinion that should be con- that should be made into like at least a a a um like a i don't want to say a crime because i don't think that that's a proper like term for it but like it should be be made mandatory like I, yeah i i think that the, it's mandatory for them to to keep the camera on or it's optional i i'm not sure about it a, a lot of them just they have the option yeah, to keep lot, it on yeah. or turn it off a lot of them turn it turn it off majority of the time, man. Like I want to say that it should be mandatory, especially in events where you having an altercation with anybody. Not because you're, I mean, just to just to have evidence of both sides, because a lot of times, uh, and not defending like not defending cops, but I mean, a lot of times we only hear one side of the story, you know. So, I mean, for both sides, I mean, you should, you should, as cops, they should always do the right thing as being enforcers of the law. Always do the right thing. Um, it's easier said than done. And I know that, but, uh, and those cameras need to be on for those reasons. And that's why I believe that America nowadays, I'm glad that we have social media, that every cell phone has a camera. And I want to say that almost every corner has a camera too, dude. That 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 whole altercation. There's there's one, two, three, four. Five, there's five angles to his murder. There's five different angles. There's the there's there's nine minute video that everybody saw. Yeah. There's a passerby that recorded the other three officers being on top of him. There's the corner store um, camera. There's two in that corner store camera, the one that where where they have them, and then there's another one across the street. Like this, this I'm gonna call it a murder. Yeah. This murder is probably like the, it's probably the one that has the most evidence of any of these, you know, police yeah. uh, brutality cases. That's why I feel like everybody's like mad because at first they weren't doing anything about it. Yeah, you know. I'm surprised they didn't get like their badge taken away as soon as they went back to the. You got to protect the blue, man. Nah, 
like that, that but that's their mentality in the police community that's their mentality protect the blue you're i forgot what they call it they call it like uh the brotherhood of blue or something like that where every cop has their own back you know and for me like that's kind of messed up because yeah. it doesn't allow them to speak out about things because if you do you're you're a rat you're a narc you know yeah. and you're and you're writing out your own colleagues and i don't think that that kind of environment is good for the, uh for them yeah because sometimes you need to speak up like imagine if a cop would have spoken up about uh the guy that you know basically killed killed uh george you know i'm pretty sure that only there wasn't only 18 complaints i'm pretty sure there's more than 18 complaints oh, yeah. and they just turned a blind eye to them and said oh you know what that's fine whatever and i'm, I'm pretty sure that you know that happens everywhere in every single state in every single city and it's sad definitely uh, and i and i think that that thing creates more division between the people that creates more. <sighs> I, when when you talk it, it, when you talk about yeah. like division between the the police community, or, or the police and the community, definitely. I've yeah I've I've seen it since I was little. I remember my dad telling me, "Um, un ojo por, para la chota," you know, like keep an eye out for the cops, you know, when you're when you're doing when you're driving or you know or whatever like they've given us such a bad view about them. Like, ellos se han dado esa propia imagen, you know? And they do nothing about it. They've given them, they've given themselves that image and it seems like they're just okay with it. Instead as of, one of, mm-hmm. as one of y'all lost somebody through police brutality? Uh, not me personally, but my mom has a friend who uh, her son-in-law, I do not know what business he had or, you know, like what negative business he had where uh, the police, uh, I guess they they stormed in his house. And as he was in handcuffs already, the similar situation, they... um, they arrested him and they had him on the floor and he he was a big guy so i mean he already had issues with you know uh breathing and stuff like that well they abused their authority and i i want to say they did beat him i was i was i was a kid at the time and what i know is that the only thing that happened he did he passed away uh he was taken to uh, the hospital and he passed away. And no matter who, like who he was, if he had a bad business or whatever, um, and if he was con- supposed to be arrested, you don't take somebody's life. Um, I had, growing up, we had a a, um, a friend of ours live with us, and i remember he moved out from the apartment uh, we used to have a three-bedroom apartment growing up when i was little and he lived in one of the bedrooms and then one year he decided to move out you know do his own thing and then i remember one night my dad receiving a call from him because 
he didn't know a lot of people. Uh, he was really close uh, with my dad. So my dad received a call and, you know, he was telling him like, hey, I got arrested. I got beaten up pretty bad. And uh, right now I'm in the, in the detention. You know, I need you to bail me out. So my dad was like, oh, they probably, you know, just roughed them up a little bit and, you know, pushed them on, on the ground or whatever. And then my dad brings him home. And this dude was like beat, like his eye was so swollen. His He had like a real bad busted lip. Like this guy got hurt, you know, and that that for me has been like the only um, like situation that I've seen pol- police brutality personally, you know. And I still remember that, you know, and it, it's it sucks, you know. And on yeah, that that's crazy. On this, the guy that I was talking about, the only thing that I know that happened after he passed away, that what the police, well, then um, the wife of the guy filed a lawsuit with uh, Dallas police, and they got a big amount of money. And but I don't know if that cop. Went back to work? No, they definitely sent them back to work, man. Yeah. And that's something that that sucks. Um, they they get they get arrested sometimes with like pay. Mm. It's like, man, come on, like, what what are you teaching them there? Like, it, it it's kind of like you know, teaching a kid not to do something and then you give them a candy. You know, like that doesn't work. You know, uh, the whole the whole way that the system works, like it's just not right and it doesn't serve anybody right you know especially in the hispanic community like a lot of us a lot of the people that are immigrants and they don't have a a legal status like sometimes they're afraid to even call the cops for like good reasons you know when uh when i when i was working as as a chaplain i i really heard really Really sad stories of uh, Hispanics. Uh, honestly, honestly, uh, the Hispanic community, especially the ones who don't have documents, is like, like they don't exist, you know. And I heard, I mean, I was treating a treating a patient, let's say in this way. Uh, it was a Mexican lady. Uh, she was brought here when she was little. She she speaks Spanish. She does, uh, but she has her Tex-Mex accent, and basically told me, well, the role of the chaplain is basically listen to people and trying to understand what it, what they're going through. Uh, she told me that <clears throat> she was being raped. She was being beaten up by a family member and uh, she never during many years she never called the cops because she was be afraid of being sent back to Mexico and is maybe somebody else younger they kind of know their rights and everything but they suppose somebody who never who just came that it was from from a, from a rancho and is used to to see so so many unfair situations that just kind of call the cops because uh, 
because they are being living afraid most of their lives, you know? Yeah. There's just so much distrust. So much distrust with everything nowadays. Like, it, it's sad that you can practically live your whole life being oppressed and then the people that you that you hear are supposed to help you like you fear that they're not you know that to me that's that's sad and that's an image that as america we keep presenting more and more now i don't i don't want to get into like a, a a lot into like this political area of it but when you have an America that looks down not just on black people but on Hispanics and they call us also criminals, rapists, and all that. Drug dealers. Drug dealers. Like, you know, it kinda it, it kinda makes sense when that lady is like, I'm afraid to even call the authorities, you know? Cause I'm none of those things. But to them, in their head, in the way that they view me, they view me. I am that. And that that's sad. You know? A lot of the people that come from other countries to to work here, live here, they're not criminals, man. They're they're some of the most hardworking people that I know. You know? A lot of I'm an electrician and a lot of the people that I see that work their asses off are usually come out of other countries, man. They you know they go into the trade and they do work twice, twice, three times as hard as I do. And, you know, and and a lot of people, they come here and they come here to have a better life, you know, because they've been taught that America gives you that better life. They've been, you know, shown movies and, and images that America's this, you know, place that you will persevere and be be great. But when you come here and then you start seeing the inequality of everybody, you're like, man, what am I doing here? You know, I just came here to basically suffer, but suffer of a different way, you know? Yeah. And that sucks, especially for us uh, escaping, you know, the troubles that we have in our countries. And then coming over here and then finding new troubles, uh, when this is supposed to be the land of opportunities and the home of the free, and we have to deal. And that opens up a whole new like page of like privilege. Yeah. Like, I this is a conversation that I had with my wife. Um, I think uh, Monday we were going to drop off my daughter at my mom's house because she takes care of her. Uh, for two days, you know, and I'm like, you know, our, our backstories with me and her, uh, we have a lot of shared, um, like common things, you know? And, um, one thing that I told, told her is, uh, our daughter's really privileged right now. Cause the one thing that I didn't have growing up was having my biological father. I did have a, a father figure, which I'm, I'm thankful for. But I never grew up with my biological father. She's going to have that. She's going to have that privilege to have her her mom and her dad, her biological mom and dad, to raise her. And there's a lot of kids that don't have that. You know? And I feel like 
in America, we have so many other privileges around us that they put a, a, a blind over our, our eyes and it makes it seem like the whole world is nothing but roses and and butterflies. And we can live that life as long as we want to without opening our eyes. Yeah, they said us the story of, I guess, yeah, they said it was like, uh, I guess the Americans, their American story. And we get comfortable. And that's the problem. And I think that us being uh, privileged is is the problem. You coming from another country, like, how did how did you experience that American privilege? Uh, in my case, um, I honestly, I, I'm not going to tell you that I always had like a, like a perfect life. I had to go through things as everybody, but I've seen how parts of my family and also many friends, they have to literally break their asses to go through, to, to improve their lives, you know? And uh, you you live in a setting where you have to be the best. You have to work. You have to study hard, uh, get good grades, and hope to to be the best of your your class and everything. And you come, and suddenly you see how many like opportunities that you are pursuing or people have, and they don't take it. You know. And they just don't take it. It's, and it's not like they have less capacities than than you. I, honestly, there's many things that I wanted to do, but I, I couldn't do because of uh, because I'm not from here. Because my life visa limitations. Yeah. You know, and 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 you can see, you know, for example, <clears throat> something that in many situations that I had to go through when I came here was. Uh, that uh, there were there were a lot of things that I just, uh, for example, if I, if I got sick and I need to pay a hospital bill, I couldn't work to pay my hospital bill. Damn. You know, it's, it's, not, it's not. I couldn't. I had to. I had to work on campus for a seven dollar an hour job, part time, only twenty hours a week. And that thing already went to my to pay my rent, you know. But I couldn't get something else, or trying to find another way to help to pay my bill because I already I had to, uh, you know, care about the tuition because when you're international, you don't have a scholarship; you have to pay full, you know. So it's even even those small things that. You say, okay, I got a hospital bill, I have to pay, I can just work extra hours or get a part-time job and I can pay by this day and it's going to be fine. I couldn't do that, <laughs> you know. So that's, that's minimum. I mean, let's say minimum. It's not, it's not like uh, the end of the world. It's not going to, it's not like, being shot by the police, but it's a small privilege yeah. that you have it when you are from here or you live here, you know, in comparison to somebody who comes from another part of the world. Yeah. yeah. I think, um, 
I think as as uh, as uh, Hispanic Americans, we 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 have a lot of privilege that African Americans don't. Um, I would say that uh, white people are a little bit more friendly to us in a way because uh, I feel oh like man. I feel like we're we're handy to them. I feel like I feel like we serve a purpose for them because we can fix something around their houses you know um and i feel like that's why they 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 feel like they can treat us a little bit better that's why you know i wouldn't say that being a hispanic has granted us the privilege to be superior than than blacks like that's not do you feel do you feel that the reason why they do that is because they don't feel like they owe us anything in a way, and yeah. Towards blacks, like there's like I'm not trying to say I'm not trying to stir up like something kind of like negative, but like the way they act towards them. I mean, and they sometimes say like I feel like they feel like we owe them something, but they know. No, definitely. I th- um, it and it's not just also like the black community; it's also like the native community. Yeah, oh, like yeah. like a lot of people struggle a lot of uh anglo people struggle with the idea of um the the knowledge of knowing that they probably have someone in their ancestry that was probably a slave owner a racist like there's definitely you know someone that wasn't nice to other people in in their in their lives and a lot of them struggle with that reality you know it's like uh it's like imagine if uh one of your one of your one of our relatives was like a Nazi. Like how do you how do you deal with that reality? Like knowing that you had someone in your family that had so much hate for like other people, you know? There, there's one book called uh White Fragility. Um that you, I have you to said, read. You said white fragility? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a book that is addressed to mostly like to generate a, a debate. Um, I think between businesses and some churches and, you know, those groups of people. And one of the things that, things that <clears throat> they claim that, I mean, in the book, they claim uh, that sometimes our friends of lighter skin, skin color, let's say in that way, they do is trying to ignore that part of the of the reality. Is trying to uh, saying like, okay, uh, yeah, the slavery, but that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The uh, the racist racism, hermano, <laughs> uh, existed, but um, I don't see color. You know. That's one of the stupidest like answers ever. Man, like obviously you see color. You see that the person is a different skin color and speak probably with a different slang than you. I mean, you you can notice that and and I mean, can you imagine like knowing that, for example, I, w- I was talking to a to to. This guy, he's a pastor. He's from Oklahoma. He's black. And he told me how his father, 
Like he had to deal with all those times where black people, they had to go to a different restroom, mm. go to a different uh, part of the bus. And then coming to that, to, to him and telling him like, Hey, you know what? I know that what your family went through is bad, but you know, that doesn't happen anymore. And then police shoot a black guy, you know? Yeah. And, and then a, a week later, you see a mass shooter, a white mass shooter, that the police is taking him to uh, eat a burger in McDonald's. Because <laughs> the guy, or Jesus giving him water. That, that's a privilege, man. That, that, is, that is a privilege. I mean, there's been so many um, massacres in, in the United States where the majority of them, it's, um, it's white people that do them. And they get treated nicely. I wouldn't say nicely, but... They'd get treated like with respect, with respect for some reason, but a, a black guy that's like in a corner, probably sell, selling. Let's be honest, man. I'm not saying that all black people. And I'm not generalizing, but let's say like he's probably selling marijuana. He gets treated like he's about to destroy generations of like lives. Like that doesn't that doesn't equal, you know? Yeah. And he gets treated like crap, and he gets sent to jail. And he gets years unfairly onto him, and like, where's where's the justice in that? And I'm happy that a lot of places have, a lot of cities have started like looking at those situations and started, you know, decriminalizing certain um, crimes that really just don't make sense on like charging, you know? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. sometimes they're just petty crime. That sometimes they they're in that situation because, you know. The, the 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 system doesn't let them progress more you know sometimes you know it's exactly like um like for instance uh, a lot of Colombian people like they're known for two things coffee and cocaine exactly <laughs> you know and 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 that that's that's sad that you know a lot of people when they think Colombia that that's like the only two things that they think of you know uh, and it's something that you have to deal with, honestly. It's something that I, I had to deal with. Hey, where are you from? I'm from Colombia. Oh, you like narcos? And I'm like, like dude, <laughs> like, come on, man. Uh, you know, narcos, the Netflix show. Um, even like I have people, I mean, asking me if I knew Pablo Escobar or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's an internet joke and all that stuff, but it's true. I mean, people will ask you, like, hey, uh, do you know Pablo Escobar? Like, do you know, like, somebody who was close to him? I'm like, man, I was not even born. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, so, like, it, it, it's, it's messed up, you know? It, it happens. It's, it's a mindset. Yeah, it happens everywhere in the world, but, like, here in the U.S., it feels like it's amplified to a whole different level. You know, it's like you're black. Oh, there's certain stereotypes of black people that everybody knows of. You smoke weed. You do this. You're like that. You like basketball. You like um, basketball. You, you can run really fast. You know, it's like, why, why do these stereotype, like classify these people? You know, it's a, we no longer judge people by their by by who they are but we judge them by their skin color and because our skin color we got stereotypes and that's who they are 
and that's sad. Have you seen that uh, that meme of a uh, the word according to Americans? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's one that is like uh, they put Mexico and they put like illegals. Then they put Brazil and they put uh, Mexico with soccer. They put Colombia, Mexico with cocaine. They put uh, Canada like oh it's cold and like it's a joke, you know. And it's fine. We can make fun of of things, but you start realizing that is is something that is it just got too normalized, you know. That yeah. when you get to meet somebody. You start just assuming things. Mm-hmm. Then you start assuming that if you if you if you get to meet uh, somebody of my background, we have something to be with. You know, the war on drugs. It gets to uh, if you see somebody uh, in a construction that looks like Mexican people. Some people assume that they don't have documents. If you if you see a black person. People just start assuming that that person doesn't have a dad, for example, and and likes likes to rap and like stuff like that. Yeah. Or or maybe if if you go if you go, you know, the CFNI area, uh, what neighborhood is that? Um, Oak Cliff. That's Oak Cliff. That's not Oak. That's Oak Cliff. Right? That's Oak yeah. Cliff. Sort of Pleasant Grove. No, that's Oak Cliff. That's Oak Cliff. That's Oak Cliff. Where does Pleasant Grove start at? Uh, I forty five. I forty five going uh, east. Okay, like forty five divides, kind of like Oak Cliff and Pleasant Grove, like South Dallas. It's gonna be. I, I won't say that's more like South Dallas area, and then it begins to be Pleasant Grove when you get to like, I think it's Jim Miller. Okay. Okay. And yeah, that area, but yeah, it's it's Oak Cliff. Yeah. Uh, if if for some reason you're in the night walking. Uh, you gotta be careful if you get stopped by police. Oh yeah, uh, I grew uh, up, I, I, I grew up in the area, so I know the area. I still live in that so, area. <laughs> they 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 can they can assume that you are doing something weird or whatever. Yeah, I don't know, maybe buying some drugs or something like that. And I mean, I'm not saying. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's sad that you can't walk around your neighborhood. Me right now, if I wanted to. I could literally walk down the street and nothing's going to happen to me. A cop will pass by 30 times and he's never going to like come up to me and ask me, Hey, what are you doing? Like, that's not going to happen here. And it sucks that because where I decide to live or where, where life has decided to put me at dictates if I live or die. That's, yeah. that's, that's, just that's, that's the normal I mean that's life, and it's it's normal to to everybody to society. Like we accept it. That's a I think that's the bigger problem that we accept it. That we accept the stereotypes. That we that that all the negativity that they try to. I hate saying they like trying to put blame on like the government or the the man or whoever's in charge, but. They make us feel like that's right, like that's normal for us to stereotype each other, for us to think less of each other, 
for us to look at the the worst in each other. Yeah, I think I'm a I'm a I'm a big fan of comedy, and I think that uh, one thing that can definitely unite all of us is definitely being able to like relax on those stereotypes because sometimes we believe those stereotypes are to be real instead of taking them as to like as 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 a comedy type of thing um i love comedians because they're very open on how they see the world right i like their opinions on things and their ability to like point at something and say isn't that funny it's wrong but isn't that funny you know and I think a lot of people have taken those stereotypes of like not seeing the, the, I don't want to say irony because it's not the irony, but like the, 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 the value that it has on like opening up your mind and seeing like, huh, you know, that, that's a funny idea or that, that's, you know, we think of a certain way of like Asians. Oh, they're smart, but not really all of them are. Isn't that funny? You know, it's like everybody has smart people. Everybody has criminals. You know, it's like when I think about stereotypes, I've taught myself and not to like take them as as solid truths, but just a a um, a quick reflection of, you know, life and what we think it like I find it more as a as a commentary than a, 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 a truth. But, but what happened when those stereotypes, they became, like, systematic, added to the judicial system, to yeah. all those things? That's when they, what, become, what that's when they become yeah. a problem. Mm-hmm. And, and I think right now it's, it's, it's a problem with that. I mean, we, we just talk about it, uh, assuming that, <clears throat> a black person is always going to be guilty and tre- treating him like, like, like crap, let's say in this way. Yeah. Assuming that uh, they're just complaining and because they, and because that's another thing, they, they have taken Black Lives Matter as part of the left wing or something like that. Oh boy, don't get me started on that. I hate, I hate where. I hate the idea that things have to be left or right now. Um, not everything's left and not everything's right. Life, when you're born, it doesn't tell you you're Republican or you're Democrat. No, life just tells you you're, let's take me for instance, you're Giovanni. Right? You're not, uh, you're not assigned a party. But for some reason, we've taken it, we've taken a life as George Floyd. And some people have tied it to the left. It's like, no, man. He's a person. You know? And he and he, he didn't deserve to die. Yeah. And because people are saying he didn't deserve to die, doesn't mean that that's a left, uh, you know, um, uh, opinion. For me, like, politicizing this whole thing you know, I, I remember um, 
putting uh, this, this is something that I, I really went into deep in in a, in a in my Instagram stories. It's like who told Christians that they have to be conservatives to be a Christian? Like to be a Christian, you don't need to be a conservative conservative Republican. You don't need to be a progressive liberal. You don't need to be any of those things. Like who told you that to be a Christian, you have to be a conservative Republican? Which a lot of Christians believe that. You know, and it's sad. And I, I think is is that thing was said like indirectly on 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 church. It is said in many churches indirectly. When you're starting inviting Republicans, uh, politicians to your church, and convincing people to buy, to vote for them, you're 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 indirectly saying this church is Republican, and if you don't think in that way, maybe. You're uncomfortable here. Yeah, I mean, there, there, there's, there's a, and and I feel like, and I can only speak to to um, Hispanic churches because that that's where I grew up in, right? And I feel like a lot of Hispanic churches have slowly started becoming those conservative mindset, and I've seen it in people, you know, and I'm like, nah, man, like you're we are christians but guess what as a hispanic community we have roots in countries man we can't just get rid of you know our our culture because we're here also mm-hmm. you know we we yes we do have to you know accept things that are american because this country has given us so much you know especially as as hispanic people you know, but there's also a value yeah. into who we are as Hispanics, you know, mm-hmm. like, but you you know that, mm-hmm. I mean, <clears throat> putting this together with privilege, can you imagine if, if a different opinion was trying to, to become popular in that way? I mean, there's... Imagine you have to make uh, you're a Christian. You don't completely buy the whole situation with uh, the Republican Party, but you don't buy the, the Democrat, and you wanna somehow like keep certain position in the. How put this in the words? Uh, my point is that there's no way that people can can have a representation that doesn't that is not red or blue. Mm. What 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 about the people that is in between? We are in between. No, oh, yeah, and and that's that's difficult, you know, because as as me as um, I don't like to consider myself a Christian anymore, um, but. I mean, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but I don't, I don't put that title upon myself anymore. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, it's kind of hard for me to align myself with any of the two parties because I, I end up disagreeing with both of them all the time, you know, and, and, and sometimes I, I, I end up having to look into individuals that are running for, you know, 
whatever thing I have to like look up into them, you know, and I have to split up into who I think is right, you know, or who, th- or who's, um, who's, um, ideas that are going to serve a good purpose in the community that I live in. You know, I think that, you know, especially now tying it back to uh, the black lives matter movement, a lot of the people that are, are starting to lead this movement, they're starting to say those same things. It's like, Hey, pay attention to the people that are being placed in government, you know, be wise. I think, uh, I think at this point, it doesn't matter if they're Republican or Democrat, you know, cause there's going to be, there's people, there's good people in both, um, yeah. in both, in both parties, you know? And, you know, there, there's sometimes, uh, people in the democratic side that are very, um, law, uh, like enforcing, and they're, they, they live by, you know, uh, I'm, uh, there's a Kamala Harris. She used to be a prosecutor in Los Angeles and she has a very long history of like pars- prosecuting a lot of minorities, you know? So for me, when she started running for president, I'm like, I can't let go of the fact that you prosecuted a lot of minorities, you know, it's hard for me to be okay and saying, yeah, you can be my president. You know, so for me, like having to having to learn who who is standing on the on the on the what is, how do I call it on the issues that are happening, you know, in my community, like it's hard. And then when you put that to a lot of the black community, they don't really look into those things. You know, they don't they don't educate themselves on the people that are um, part of their communities. A lot of people that are leading their communities are sometimes old white men that believe in, you know, law and order, you know, instead of having, you know, either a, a, a person out of their community that's either black or Hispanic that has lived in their community knows what their community needs instead of this white guy that decided to run in their community to be able to be a Congress member in the, in the, in the Senate that has no damn idea of what's going on in the community that he's running for, you know, there's a lot of situations like that. Like the system is very much broken and nobody's willing to do anything about it. Yep. <laughs> the system definitely is broken. The system is broken. This is why I personally, one, I can't vote because I am not a U.S. citizen. Two, I feel like it doesn't really uh make a big difference um who's in office sometimes because nothing changes and like when you mean an office do you mean uh the president president level? president level from from when you go into that height as a president level things really don't change yeah i don't I'm, i don't feel like the president has the ability to make changes in your community or, or at that point i think that that ends up being towards your congress members your your police chief, your police chiefs, your sheriff uh, department, the people that get placed in there, your judges, and all that. Like you, when it comes to make, like wanting to make a change, you have to think very much locally. Yeah, and yeah. that's probably why I don't find much interest in like election year or who's in office. Yeah, I mean, I'm starting to get to the point where I don't even want to vote. 
but I know I have to, which is a crappy thing. Yeah, and like everybody. Do, do, do you feel? Uh huh. No, go ahead. Do you feel like you? I mean, when I when I want to say with the lack of representation of people that is in between, do you ever feel like you have to like basically pick your poison? Yeah. Yeah, I feel I feel like like let's take for instance uh this year this year's election with the presidents. I don't like any of them. I like Joe Biden. Huh? You don't like Joe? I don't like Joe. Uh, but I think he's sketchy. But it sucks that I feel like I have to pick my poison. You know? And I yeah. and, and and you know, I it's there's a lot of things that I don't like about Joe Biden enough, but I'm like I have to, I have to take this the, this poison, and it's gonna suck. But I feel like it's the one that it's less dangerous right now for the United States. Yeah. All right, but talking about politics and stuff like that, I think uh, the internet right now is uh is is a place where we're getting a lot of the information, and a lot of it is pretty lame. Uh, it's pretty dangerous too. Yeah, honestly. and I think there's been a lot of like hacktivism right now. Uh, a lot of people just jumping on there just for the clout. I want to say 2020, everybody became a motivational speaker. Um, oh my god! Everybody became a, a lawyer. <laughs> or I feel like I became a lawyer, dude. You know how many cases I've been like reading just because I want to have information. No, no lie. Like I feel like I, if I could, if I wanted to go take a bar test for um, Texas, I'll probably pass it. Well, that'd be good. <laughs> but I, 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 I probably I, won't. I think that also people they they just became like epidemiologist. Okay, what a doctor? Yeah, they became uh, maybe you know economist. Yeah, maybe uh, everybody wants to get know. into stock right now. That is like fifty cents a share. <laughs> Oh my god, yeah, and I don't know if you get this thing, but all these uh, since all these pandemic and crazy situations start happening, there's a lot of conspiracy, and and now like Ooh. anonymous, they I, they I, brought all I'm all those leaks and everything. <clears throat> okay, so I'm not even I don't even watch conspiracy videos, but I get fed conspiracy. Uh, Every day, just seeing the news, just seeing people's like uh, posts and stories, like not even conspiracy theories, just them speaking their mouth. I think for the very first time, I'm not going to talk about conspiracy theories and I'm going to just be quiet and let this one go. <laughs> I hate conspiracy theories. That's all I'm going to say. The worst thing I, mean, is, the, I think the worst thing yeah. that's happened, though, is that. Carol Baskin took over <laughs> Tiger King's zoo. No, but um, I, I guess so. Uh, like social media hasn't really been helping a lot. You know, like there's been there's been so many there's been so many videos of like people just fake um, aligning themselves with the situation that's happening right now just for the likes and all that stuff. You know, like for me, I've. I've divided the way that I post on, on Instagram because that's where I post the most. Like, if it's something that means a lot to me and I feel like it's it's putting my opinion out there, 
I no longer put it in my stories and in my um, in my profile because I feel like if I put it in my profile, I'm doing it with the intention of getting likes, you know, like, for instance, I, I made a video today that I posted up there and my mind immediately went to I wonder how many people are going to like it, you know, and then I reprimanded myself of like, no, that's not the purpose of you posting that video. Like you're trying to you're trying to you're trying to stir emotions to people like I want I want people to like feel something with what i'm posting right yeah but i've i've now felt like if i want to share my opinion on on any type of situation i feel like i need to post it on my story you know i feel like it has to be posted on 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 my story to be able to you know for me to be able to feel okay with it because i know that it's gonna go away and it's not about people liking what i'm saying it's not about people you know feeling like i'm making a point it's just me like putting my opinion out there and like this is gonna go away and i don't have to worry about anything else i think that the social media is is like a knife you know with a knife you can create a really nice barbecue cook the meat properly and everything but also you can kill somebody with it and uh, recently, you know, all the leaks that just happened, um, the, the list of possible pedophiles. The funny thing is that one of, uh, one of the richest person of my country and also... Oh, you're talking uh, about, you're talking about um, Anonymous releasing all the yeah, uh, yeah, documentation. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. That thing, that, I mean... I don't know what is going to happen in the future if they're going to com- they're going to continue like leaking those things, but at least in Latin America, in my country, like everybody's freaking out. <laughs> All right, everybody's hey, freaking out. Can, and uh, um, can we make yeah. a pause real quick? Because uh, Daniel's phone is about yeah. to it's about to die. So yeah, yeah. just give us a quick minute. Um, can uh, yeah. I get connected with him because I still have battery on mine. Yeah, we're going to switch phone. Do you feel like we've been uh, trained for this season, for 2020? I don't feel like we've been trained. I feel like what has been going on is that we've been so, like, um, we've been taught that just by posting something on the internet makes it okay will make everything okay you know like if uh if i say black lives matter on uh on instagram or or i posted the black box for the blackout like that 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 was my participation and i feel like that that type of mentality like doesn't help out at all you know uh mm-hmm. No, 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 go ahead. I think that people just go... Social media just created a new reality. Mm -hmm. I mean, people... It's like living in the cloud of... Okay, whatever happens in social media is is real life. Okay, there's things that happen in real life. But the fact that you post uh, a black image and then in the little comment of... All black lives matter. Uh, black lives matter. It doesn't make you actually 
really helping the movement. If you, if in your daily life, you don't really include the, let's say, the mission of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And social media has made it so easy that we feel like we're protesting from our couches, you know? And I've, I feel like I've fallen a little bit guilty to that, you know, especially cause I've been posting a lot, you know, and deep down inside of me, like, I wish I could be out there in the protest and, you know, you know, showing my, my support out there like that, even though there's, there's other ways also to be able to support the movement, you know, either, um, uh, monetarily, um, educating yourself on on a lot of issues um you know going out to vote if you can vote you know but i feel like a lot of us have just felt that you know just me sitting in my couch or laying in my bed and posting this is going to make everything better and i mean it, it does put a light into it but that light fades away once you go on to the next image on your feed you know and the people forget about it. There is, um, you know, there's one movie called Hotel Rwanda. Uh, and one of the lines of the, of the movie was that, okay, those, this movie is basically about the, war between Utus and Tuxi and all the stuff uh, in Africa. And uh, one of the lines says that it uh, doesn't matter whatever you record and whatever you want to publish in the media, people will say, oh, my God, that's so sad, and they will keep eating uh, they, their dinners. Mm-hmm. So if if we just go there and, I mean, go there to a Facebook and we just post let's say repost something that somebody else wrote. We are not really making a change, you know, mm-hmm. instead if we advocate for the ones who are in danger, if you see a in first situation in your job, if you see a in first situation in the street against a minority, <clears throat> against somebody who was doing nothing wrong and you don't say anything in the moment and you don't do nothing in the moment, that post that you publish on Facebook, it doesn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. Yep. I guess, uh, you know, your actions are way more than your, your, your post. And it, it kind of comes down to like, Imagine the uh, the girl that recorded the death of um of George if she probably would have protested Black Lives Matter on Instagram or on Facebook and then she would have seen George, you know, there and would have said, "You know what? That's none of my business and I'm not going to record it." You know, like then we would be living in a different reality, you know? And by her like seeing the injustice and and actually taking action like has changed the world completely and i and and for me like when 
when you open your eyes instead of just you know blindly posting that's when the real change starts happening because hacktivism doesn't really do anything than just you know make you feel good You know, I, I don't think that thing goes with hack activism because hack activism is something different. Uh, activism in the social media, when it's just activism in the social media, it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. It can help people to start thinking some in a different way, but if the action doesn't reflect real, like real touch with the people, uh, it's basically just a waste of time, you know? Yeah. For example, you know what happened with this guy, uh, with the black jogger? With the what? Uh, uh, with, with this guy, he was that he was jogging in the streets. Oh, Ahmad Aubrey. If that guy who was recording the video, instead of stopping those two dudes that they were chasing him and trying to shoot him, if that guy, instead of recording, just help him, you say, hey, stop, or call the police, or if he just did something in that moment, ramming the truck, his car against the truck, or something like that, just to stop him, that guy might be alive today. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's, that. I think, okay, everything that's going on right now, like, is to me, is not targeted towards the government or towards you know uh somebody in higher power i think everything that's happening right now is targeted towards us towards everybody humans because we see these things every day and we do nothing about it like that's apathy yeah like uh like 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 my brother today he posted a video about you know like cases where hispanics get also you know attacked and i'm like dude why why would you post something like this like the problem here is not what's going on the problem here is that the people that are recording it the people that are around watching are not doing anything about it the people that recorded uh um a mod uh i i think i heard that that guy got charged with murder also he was um, from, you know, what I know of that he was also part of the he chase. He was friends with them and he was chasing yeah. also. Um, but to me, you do what's right. And if the Bible says if you know what's right and you don't do it, just the act of not doing it is sin. Mm -hmm. Knowing what's right. To me, the, the people that are watching, the people that are recording to to expose something I don't want to say that they're at like in the same level as the one doing it, but they, 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 they are, they are being an accomplice by not doing anything about it. To a certain extent, I think that's uh that's true. But when you have like, let's take for instance, the, the girl that recorded George, um, you know, for her, it would have been impossible to do something when you're being faced with four other guys and their officers. Dude, like, I'm not going to say, well, I don't want to say 
and I'm not, I wasn't in her situation, but I want to say that if, if I was, if it was in my community and I saw somebody, even if he was a stranger being in that position, I would at least tell them to get off and run and try to at least push them off. But that's, I, I feel like if I was in your position, I probably would have tried to, to do something like, I think, I think we both have that mentality. Yeah. I think I would have. As much as it would have sucked the repercussions that even if I would have gotten arrested, I mean, I'm yeah. like, I would at least try pushing them off. I mean, because yeah. I would see something that's not right. Like this is not right. Like the the itch in my like in my head in my brain, it would not leave me. It wouldn't leave you alone. Yeah, like me for to watch that and let it be. When I wasn't when I was in elementary and I went now I'm from Oak Cliff. I went to a school in the hood, and I would see. My friends sometimes bully like other kids. And when I would see somebody like defenseless or like I, we would be in, I would be like, Hey dude, chill out. Or one time they were like, they took a backpack from this other kid and they were tossing it back and forth. I was like, all right, toss it to me. And the moment they tossed it to me, I gave it to the kid. I was like, Hey man, here you go, man. Before, like, like get out of here. And I think that goes back to uh, what, uh, what he said is, is that's lack of empathy. A lot of people don't have that empathy anymore at all. And they've been, they've become so callous to the world around us. And it's sad, you know? Yeah. Um, How to put this in words? I am from a part of the world that okay sorry boss didn't mean to distract you (laughs) (laughs) okay that's better that way you get to see (laughs) okay Uh, I am from a part of the world where when you see situations like that you see that the whole community start running against the, the the one who is doing that, you know. Uh, I grew up seeing that, for example, if you saw somebody uh, assaulting, people would start, or stealing something from somebody, people would start screaming and saying, like, hey, everybody, like, this person is in danger, let's go over, and you could see the whole neighborhood running out of their houses to chase that guy and stop him, you know. And that thing also happens with police. I feel like over here, like if you see something like that, your first reaction is, "Let me pull out my cell phone." Yeah, that that that's where I was kind of going towards. Like earlier when I said, "Do you feel like we've been trained for this?" Like, do you think we've been trained to only be standby, uh, like standbyers, and yeah. not do anything? Like our cell, like our. Like our and I, I said this to somebody. Do we do? Does it feel like our phone is our mask? Like a lot of times, what, what we see is what we we record with our phones, and that's what other people see. No, yeah, I mean, um, I feel like the ability that we have with uh, technology nowadays to be able to capture an event that happens, you know it's a it's both a blessing and a curse you know but 
it's sad that in our minds we we want to capture it instead of helping out you know um it's sad that whenever something happens we want to record it because it might get us you know that that uh that that opportunity to end up of likes and everything yeah like it'll get us likes or it'll get us on world star you know like how many how many times have you like seen um you know someone doing something in the streets yeah and people who world star world star exactly like it i feel like to a point like your point makes sense to say that we've been we we sort of have been trained in a way to react that way you know to pull up my cell phone you know but i think that it also it serves a greater purpose like for the instance of george like i think it served a greater purpose because um i said this on on one of my instagram posts i wasn't ever supposed to know the name george floyd i will in my whole entire life i was never supposed to know that name i never grew up knowing that name you know but because someone decided to record it record those nine minutes i know who george floyd is now and i should never know who he is but now in the reality that i live in i know the man i know stuff that i that i was never supposed to know about his family about where he grew up about his like he had a rap career that, yeah. that you told me you know it's like I was, uh, he had an art career also <laughs> A what? what? <laughs> yeah, I didn't, uh, well, you know, there's there's a like, like the it's a, it's a double edged sword. Social media mm-hmm. is a double edged sword, just like you said, and I it's serving a purpose right now, but majority of the time, it's been destructive. And it it it's uh it's programmed us to be a certain way that we really shouldn't be, you know. I wish that someone would have put their phone down and and helped out, George. Yeah. I wish that someone wouldn't you know wouldn't do some some things before to help out other people, but we don't. Our first reaction is, let me capture this. Well, <laughs> that's, that's that was a, deep. <laughs> yeah, so I guess I guess let's let's end on a on a good note on a on on the positives that we're seeing out of all these things. What's some of the positives that you've been seeing from everything? Obviously, oh well, the biggest is that the black Black Lives Matter. It's something that we cannot um, just like avoid, like ignore. Like before, maybe like maybe it was a movement that it would only affect, like it would only uh, matter to to them, to black people, you know, the black community. Uh, but now it's something that we cannot ignore as a whole, as a country, mm. as as human beings. To me, this is this is bigger than. Then, uh, then, then, you know, like, then, then protesting bigger than rioting, bigger than, you know, like, um, 
a one year thing. Like this is this is gonna make a change. Hopefully for for good, you know, on on something that has been going on for many, 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 many years, and not only for them, not only for 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 African Americans, but also for for all minorities, for everybody that uh, gets oppressed, everybody that gets you know uh, disrespected and overlooked and abused, so that mm-hmm. that people will wake up. Like literally, this is a wake up call. Like, I, like twenty twenty has been like the wake up year for everybody. We know that our country is not as safe and as alert and as prepared for medical issues or uh, not even. We don't even have the, the medical supplies that we need for for a pandemic. We didn't have it, uh, and now that the streets are getting. You know, um, a whole bunch of chaos. They were, the police's police officers were not prepared, and our cities were not prepared for the chaos. So, this is, I think, the positive is that people are just uh, finally opening their eyes. I'm not saying that they don't care, but they were not. They were not. Um, They were not giving it the right respect, you know, like because me uh, being from the hood and having black friends and growing up with uh, black people. It didn't hit it didn't hit that close to home because it wasn't my family family. You know, if it would have been like a Hispanic person or if it was like a family member, then I would think about it way more aggressively, way more passionately. But. It it that that's what doesn't matter. I mean, we should all be the same. Like it should matter just as just just as big as if it were our family. And I feel like that's what America's finally getting. Like we're understanding that that we have to be together as as some like as humans. That's 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 what I'm getting from all this that's going on. Uh, you know what? Something something really good that. Well, 2020 has been, oh my God, a really difficult year for everybody. Everybody had a plan. Everybody had something that they wanted to do, you know? But it also. Yeah, what, what Daniel said, he, this year is like a wake up call. Yeah, it allowed us to. To asking ourselves what we're doing, you know, are, are we getting distracted by the things that doesn't really matter, you know? Are, are we getting distracted of advocating for the ones in need? Because before before the whole pandemic, you could see that people, you know, they did activism, but at least this time. I see that I could feel like at least in social media um they talk and they talk with the poor people. People is getting more aware of what is going on with minorities here. And also black black lives matter awareness about the 
people with African roots and minorities is getting uh, is exporting let's say in this way like is exporting to other parts of the world in my own country people is now asking themselves are we being racist with our own people what about the people in the <clears throat> Afro-Colombian communities that they are one of the poorest uh, communities in, in my country you know so it's waking up the people is it's inviting everybody to to say to be more self aware you know institutions churches uh businesses are we really doing something to uh, against are we get are we really prepared to do something in a in a difficult situation are we really prepared for a for a, for a time that we have to get out of our comfort zone because first the virus now this what is going to happen next day you know well there's tanks in every city <laughs> oh, like it's, it's looking like a movie now yeah well i mean for me i think the good thing that we've um that we've gotten all uh, out of all this is that this isn't any longer a a uh, secluded situation. I don't think this is a uh, this is, doesn't seem like this is only happening in in Los Angeles. Uh, only Los Angeles has a police problem. I think we're starting to open it up and seeing that no, every city has a police problem, and I think that's a good thing. I think. The ability of us acknowledging that our police officers aren't really doing that great of a job and our cities aren't doing that really great of a job. I think that's a good thing because when we see the injustice, we, we can we can act upon it now. And I feel like what wasn't clear before, what seemed kind of muddy, it's starting to become a little bit more clear. And now the people that weren't able to see it before... And actually focus on it and be like, you're right. That's not right. And I think that's good. I think that it's good that we're going to start having a little bit more communication with the police. Hopefully this time around they actually do listen. Hopefully this time around they actually are willing to participate uh, with the communities that they're um, serving. And I'm happy that. America is showing that it's willing to change. I'm happy that there's people that before turned a blind eye are saying, you know what? Not, not, not no more. I'm happy that the church is starting to open their hearts to this movement. I hope that they take the proper steps to involve themselves in this movement and don't you know, let this opportunity, they don't let this opportunity go, you know. And I think it's a, it, I'm happy that a lot of people are looking onto themselves, like you said, are looking onto themselves and saying, where am I wrong? You know, because when you can do that, you can better your own self and better your life around you immediately. You know, I have a mm -hmm. friend that, you know, he he's the one that posted about his life. And at the end of it, he's like, 
you know what? I'm going to do better. And I wish and I hope that everybody can can take that and say, I want to do better. Not just for myself, not just for my family, but for my whole community. Be them black, Asian, Hispanic, Muslim, Christian, gay, straight. I just want to do better. I want to love onto those that are around me because that's what Jesus taught me. Love those around me and respect them. And I hope that America walks away out of this with that. I hope that we come out stronger and better. Because right now what we what we see and what we feel, it's like we feel like it's not gonna get better, but in reality it is because it, it got better before. Before black people didn't have any rights. They couldn't vote. They couldn't live in their own houses. They had to make their own communities. And now culture in and of itself is majority black. The music we listen to, the movies we watch, they've progressed. And I believe that America will keep on progressing even further. And it's going to take time. But I hope that our hearts are open. And that we're ready to receive whatever it is. And that we won't crumble the way that we're crumbling right now. But I would like to thank thank you for taking your time with us, man. I thank you for allowing us to talk to you. I hope that your quarantine... uh, turns out good and that you can go back over there and be with your family and uh, thank you man but thank you thank you for giving your time to us definitely. i appreciate that definitely and we have thank to you. do another one soon uh hopefully one talking about conspiracy uh <laughs> i know we don't we don't really like conspiracy uh but there's a lot of crazy, I'm, w- I'm, cra- w- I'm willing to talk about conspiracies as long as they don't involve kids being touched <laughs> Oh, no, nah, I don't want to talk about none oh, of that. Because yeah. that pisses me off. Yeah, I don't want to talk about that, even though I know that's something that's happening. And I, I feel like a lot of people are getting exposed right now by Anonymous. Yep. And before that, my sister had told me about a video that they put out uh, on YouTube talking about a lot of celebrities and rich people that have their, their pedophile parties. But I don't like talking about that either. <laughs> But I know like 2020 is definitely a conspiracy year. Uh, just because everything's happening. So, so are we saying that we're going to have a conspiracy episode one of these days? No, I just think we should. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I just think, uh, it would be cool having a conversation about what we think is really going on. Um, behind so you, you, you heard it here, folks. First, folks, we're having a, a full-on conspiracy yeah and, and how is worldwide possibly right now because there's a lot of fun conspiracies by the way yeah i like the fun ones i like the ones that make you kind of like question like reality conspiracy theories yeah like right now it really does feel like a movie especially watching police officers it feels like in some cities they're already in the purge uh face um yeah mm-hmm. so 
I don't know. Has a lot of this been programmed, pre-planned? <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right. You're starting to get... You're... But we're not going to get into that today. <laughs> oh, hey, man. Thank you. Thank you for being with us, dude. I appreciate that. Muchas gracias. You're welcome, man. Thank you. Ya está, man. Que tengas un viaje. Seguro. O cuando sabes cuando sales? Me estarán diciendo como en este una semana. Okay. okay. Una semana. Well, best wishes, man. Sí, ojalá se haga pronto, man. Sí, un favor de Dios. Por yeah. Dios. Si no hacemos otro podcast la semana que viene o otra semana. Vale. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Cuídate. All right, man. We'll let you go. Well, guys, that has been another episode of uh, Life is Raw. I appreciate you listening to us. Remember, you can find us on Apple Podcast. Go out there. Please give us five stars. Review. Share it with people. You know, me and Pablo here, I think we're, we're, we're coming to a groove in, in making this. Um, I'm planning to do little mini episodes, little chunks. Um, cause I feel like I'm getting way too much content on my story. <laughs> yeah. I think those could have been like little teasers. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those. But yeah, man, uh, we, I just started up a Instagram page. Hopefully, um, we'll be, we'll be using that a little bit more posting, information posting videos all kinds of stuff on there that will have to be with uh that have to deal with the podcast remember to follow it it's a uh, life life dot is raw at uh instagram go follow us out there uh but yeah pablo you got anything no that's it well man uh i guess we'll see you till next week or two weeks from now depending on how things go and yeah, have a good one. Be safe. Remember, wash your hands. Please keep washing your hands. Before the vultures who feed for blood and oil, yes, it's true.